You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. Nick, how are you doing this Sunday night? Actually, before I ask you how you're doing, I wanted to say, because uh, I think I know somewhat how you're doing, and I just want you to know that I'm just as mad as you are. Oh, yeah, the Niners and Bengals. Yeah, what the heck, man? Bro, you could have completed I, I... a perfect weekend for the Ravens. Every FC North team had lost. The Ravens. And we tried to mess around and give the Cardinals a chance, but like, I mean, they really didn't have a legitimate chance. I mean, so yeah, I'm mad at, I'm mad at this. I'm, I told my buddy who I work with, Nick, who's also a big 49ers fan, that the 49ers are going to be a great football team, but they're going to lose the games I don't need them or I don't want them to lose to, which you have done so far this season. So thank you for being one and two against the AFC North. I swear, if you beat us on Christmas, I will never talk to you, Nick, because that is not right. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what the hell is going on with this team. It's like we put everything in against the Cowboys, and it looked like we were going to be 16-0 and and win the freaking Super Bowl. And then we have just, like, fell off a ledge and collapsed the last three weeks. I just – I don't know. I mean, I get Debo is still hurt, and we're missing Trent Williams. Uh, but, my God, uh, the, the D-line is not looking good. Like, Nick Bosa just has, like, two sacks on the season we're not getting any pressure on the quarterback we made Kirk Cousins look phenomenal last week I just I don't know I I, this is a very very important bye week coming up for the Niners because then we have Jacksonville and they're pretty good this year so yeah they need to figure out something fast and they need to get healthy yeah I'm 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 very sorry I really wanted to beat the Bengals today I thought this was a get-right game for us, and it really wasn't. I'm just glad I chose the Ravens' defense over yours, even though the Ravens messed around a little bit too. At least, you know, I made the right choice. So, um, whatever. So, Nick, other than that, though, how are you doing? Other than that, I'm pretty good. Uh, went to another Halloween party. It wasn't so much of a party this weekend. It was more like a get-together, like a hangout. It was like only 10 of us or some hold high school friends that were on the softball team that I was on uh, this year. So went to Greensboro yesterday, had some fun. I never really went to downtown Greensboro. It's actually kind of fun. Um, but other than that, hey, Pack pulled it out against the Clemson Tigers. I was really happy about that. Very satisfied. Um, kind of feels like our season came back on track a little bit after yesterday. And yeah, uh, other than that, I'm doing pretty well, man. How about yourself? I'm tired as usual, but we're pretty good. You know, I had to go into work today after a weekend. So my problem with my job, Nick, is like everyone goes, wow, look how much time off you get. Like you got to miss work on Friday, you know, yada, yada, yada. I was working the entire time I was on the road. Yeah. The amount of phone calls, the amount of emails, the amount of everything I had to do. Like, yeah, it's this weekend was something, Nick, because I went to the tech game. Right. That was uh, that. I'm glad I did it because I do really like being in lane, but that was exhausting. That really kind of started the week off very tiring. Right. And then, you know, my uh, my car decided to give me an absolute scare. Nick, I don't know if you know this, but. Your car has an acceleration um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like an acceleration pedal that, like, gauge that kind of, like, 
tells you, like it, it communicates with your car. That way your RPMs don't jump and your car doesn't stall out, basically. Right. So my check engine light comes on probably 30 minutes after I'm leaving Blacksburg. And I'm like, oh, cool. This is fun. Thankfully, I have. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, Nick, but there's a, there's a sensor slash app called Fixed that I use that you pay like you pay 20 bucks for the actual piece, but then you had to pay like 70 bucks a year to have access to it. But it allows you it, it's those O2 sensors. So it allows you to obviously read it, get kind of an idea of what it could be, how much repairs might be, yada, yada, yada. So thankfully with that, I can also clear it. So I cleared it because I was like, you know, I wonder if it's faulty. Like it's something that like, you know, I need to immediately address. Like, you know, there's obviously a difference between just your check engine light coming on and it flashing like crazy telling you you're about to, car's about to explode. You got to pull over. So, mm-hmm. you know, anyways, it hasn't come back on since. So that was good. But I ended up getting a rental car after I got to my buddy's place in Charlottesville to go the rest of the way. So that was a logistical nightmare because I had to pick it up at the airport. Thankfully, my buddy's <laughs> mom is the secretary for one of the major donors at UVA who has their own private airport landing hangar at the airport. So we could park the car, park a car there to pick up the rental. But this is a, this is a logistical nightmare. Uh, going from Charlottesville to Philly normally takes four and a half hours. It took seven because of D.C. and Wilmington and everything else traffic. Penn was awesome, though. But then that was a two and a half hour drive. My hotel... Even though when you booked it on Hotels.com, said check-in time was anytime, they actually closed the front desk at midnight, <laughs> and our ETA was one o'clock in the morning. Ooh. So thankfully, I called at eleven, and they said, oh, "Okay, we'll stay open." Well, when we get there, again, it's ran by—I don't want to stereotype Nick, but just picture a stereotype mom and pop, locally owned but national chain in type hotel. <laughs> You know, basically, they live at the hotel. They, they kind of live their life that way. Right. So, you know, he's he, – there's a number to call. I called it twice. Nobody answered. Then I called the front desk twice. Nobody answered. Called a third time. Finally, someone answered. <laughs> Thankfully. He was like – he must have been asleep. He probably, I probably called enough times to where he finally woke him up from whatever sleep he was in. So we ended up waiting like an extra 30 minutes, and I was already exhausted. And so, you know, it's 1.30 in the morning. And we got to leave by about 8.30 to get to Army because it's where West Point's located. Like, we were the closest town to it, but it's still a 30-minute drive when you factor in, you know, getting through security because you have to show your ID when you go to West Point. Like, you know, and all this stuff. You can't just, like, roll up and just be there. You have to, like, you know, they have to know who's there, why you're there. I mean, obviously, for game days, they kind of have an idea of why you're there. But you still have to check in. So, it was just... It was not a very smooth trip. It was an awesome trip, but it wasn't very smooth. So, long story short, that was exhausting. And, um, Nick, we're going to have the most interesting basketball game of all time. Because, Nick, I don't know if you saw how Wake Forest operated. I don't know if you went. You may have. I don't think you went, I'm assuming. But, like, Wake played Alabama today in an exhibition game. I saw, yeah. By the way, that's Alabama. Um, So, the fact that their run of show – for an exhibition game against Alabama was lighter than our run of show is going to be tomorrow when we host UVA wise pisses me off. <laughs> but also on the flip side, we have uh, no hype video and no video person at this time. So uh, Nick, if you know anybody, <laughs> but yeah, it's dude, my, my head is just spinning and we've got football this week. Like 
this whole three sports going on, three major sports with men's, women's basketball and football at the same time with one person. And it's not even just my department, one person. We have no creative and no video right now. So we're, we're killing it at ETSU. So um, I'm stressed. So this will be a fun little debrief of stress, I guess, for an hour or so before I have to go back to the real world. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn, dude. Like every every day, like I see your Snapchat story and it's just like a different stadium. Like I had no idea that you were going to Penn. I, I think I, I think you told me that you were going to Army, which was cool. Um, but dang, dude, you're – I don't know how you do it, dude. I really, I really, really don't, because I would be exhausted. I'm, I know you are exhausted, but yeah. But, but I, the, the I'm so being, glad. Like, like I have, I have these possible plans of going to Raleigh this week, right? So I might be going to the State Miami game uh, Saturday at eight. But beforehand, there's a comedian from Barstool that's going to be in Raleigh, and one of my best friends. Uh, asked if I wanted to go, so we're kind of like debating which day we should go, either Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and just thinking about the possibility of driving back and forth to Raleigh within 48 hours just does not sound fun to me. So the fact that you're doing all of this is not uh, – you're an animal, dude. <laughs> well, I, I still think that some of what I do is a little different, though, because, like, like for example, what you just described, Nick, I don't know if I'd be up for it. And it's not like the fact that the comedy show or football game, but like for me, like for example, Nick, if I didn't go to West Point this weekend, my other option was go to Florida State Wake. I don't know if I would, I would have ended up going anyways. Right. Because like I've been there a thousand times. You know, I didn't even realize this, Nick, until uh, I was reading some pregame notes on Friday about Wake and Florida State. I was at the last time Florida State had beat Wake in 2018. So I was like, well, I definitely got to stay away now. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but it was just like it's it's the new places and like Nick, I'm so glad when my check engine light came on. Nick, when I tell you I was defeated, man, I was defeated. I was already exhausted. I don't know what's going on, Nick, but my jaw, my mouth has just been hurting, dude. Like they again, I went from having no dental problems to like I don't know if I have some sort of like infection or something, man. But my mouth is just like. My gums just feel on fire. It's awful. So, like, that's exhausting just by itself. And I was just like, man, like, I'm at my buddy's house in Charlottesville. Like, do I just do I just call this trip off? Like, I mean, I, I, I'd be out my hotel money, but that's only 125 bucks. You know, I'm out this, I'm out that. And it's funny because I actually canceled the trip on Friday, everything but the hotel. On Thursday, excuse me, not on Friday, on Thursday. I was like, I'm just going to go to Tech and then come home. But then I got credentialed by both places, and I was like, okay, I, I probably like, I probably should go. Dude, I am so glad I got went. There is, honestly, I don't think a better place in the world to be in late October than West Point. <laughs> yeah. That campus is stunning. I've never been so impressed by anything in my life. Like, I'm not going to lie, Nick. I watched – dog crap football for the three games I went to this week. All of them were bad in their own ways. But a game day at West Point at this time of the year, oh my gosh. Like that was, dude, just the drive-in was stunning. The drive-out 
was even better because I obviously was able to do a lot more of it during the daytime. I mean, goodness gracious, man. Like everyone talks about App State and how beautiful, you know, Boone is in the fall. And App State's right there. West Point beat it, man. <laughs> it beat it. It is. That campus, you factor in the history too. I mean, Mikey Stadium was built in the 1920. Like, this is their 100th anniversary season. So if you do the math, that's 1924. Like, 100 seasons at that stadium. So it has its quirks. It's right on the reservoir. Dude, this campus is a straight hill, man. I never realized how crazy this camp, like how crazy the grounds are at West Point. Obviously, the traditions. I mean, dude, they had like their definition of halftime games on the field is having people jump out of airplanes and see who can land the closest to a target on the field. How badass is that? Yeah. So, like, dude, I mean, I'm so glad I went. Like, I'm regretting it right now. Like, I'm exhausted, and I'm sure I'll regret it probably come Wednesday or Thursday. But, dude, just going there was was so phenomenal. And you know, it's crazy the people I met. I mean, at Penn, man, like, I, think I, told, I don't know if I told you this, Nick, but Penn's got the oldest college stadium that's active. Like, it was built 1890-something. Yeah, right. Like, and I got to go to the Palestria. You ever heard of the Palestria, Nick? The mm-hmm. basketball arena there? So that's the third oldest basketball arena in college basketball. It's hosted – it hosts the, the Big Five for, you know, you know for the whole city of Philly every year. It hosts the national – like, it, it hosts so many big events, man. Like, it's had major, major events there. And it literally hasn't been touched since it got built in the 1920s. <laughs> Dude, it is nuts. Like – I love historic stuff. Like, if I can meet, if I could run into historic stuff like that, man, that just gets me, gets me amped up. So that was, that was again a fun trip. But yeah, my, uh, my, like you'll be happy to know that I will be in the Eastern Tennessee region all week. So I think you'll be happy to know that. <laughs> yeah, like, give yourself a break, dude. Even though it's not really a break, because we got events all all week. But right, we're gonna tell myself it's a break. Um, <laughs> But, anyways, let's get into the games, Nick. We'll start it off right where I was at on Thursday night at Lane Stadium. I just want to say I was right, and that's all I've got on the game. <laughs> you were a hundred percent right. You you outdid me on this one. I think I think this was the most right you've been on me all season. Was this game right here? I mean, from start to finish. I mean, Nick, it's sent to you late, so it wasn't as accurate of when I sent it to you. But I mean. I sent you after the first drive of text that said Syracuse looks scared. Dude, it was funny because, like, obviously, I guess you've never experienced a game, so maybe not obviously. But enter Sandman happens. Then the visiting team runs off at the very end of it, right? So normally the visiting team is running on the field when what I would say is the most intimidating part of enter Sandman is, which is when the music's not playing and the fans are just, you know, singing the sleep with one eye open, you know, portion of the song. Like, and Syracuse is doing the little, like, you know, hype me up thing. And, like, you're like, oh, maybe they're ready to go. Dude. When I tell you, Virginia Tech just went and said, all right, let's play ball. Syracuse. I, I think Syracuse was, like, they looked scared, man. Yeah. They cannot block. They couldn't tackle. I mean, Garrett Schrader was missing wide open receivers. Receivers were running. Like, there was communication between the receivers and Schrader were awful. Couldn't run the football. The defense, I mean, I don't think it was terrible, but. I mean, they because Kyron Drones honestly played pretty well, but they gave him confidence. And, I mean, it just – like, that game, Nick, if Virginia Tech's kicker, like, if they didn't settle for a bunch of field goals, could have been 60-3. to three. I mean, there was a point in the game where I think it was like 300 yards to 30. 
in total yards between the two teams. Yeah, I mean, it, was it was something nuts. stupid like that. Yeah. It was like this game was terrible. Like, I mean, it was so bad, Nick. The students left at halftime because they knew they didn't have to worry. I mean, kind of sucked, but it was like, I don't really blame them. It's a Thursday night. It's Halloween time. You know, <laughs> kids want to go out drinking, have a, fun, a good time, continue the tailgate. Why would you stay inside and watch this? <laughs> like, it was over. I mean, at halftime, it was 30 to three or thir- yeah, 30 to three. And then the safety happened right off the start of the second half. So, like, yeah. You know, we were talking about what, 10 total points, nine total points in the second half? I mean, I left Nick with like eight minutes to go in the game because I was like, I'm not sticking around for this. I have I have a drive to do. This is just not worth my time. Right. I mean, this was just – this was awful. It was 30-3 and then it was 32-3. It's like when Syracuse went down the field to make it 32-10, I was like – not that I thought they were going to come back, but I was like, oh, okay, maybe Syracuse is going to at least like backdoor cover this thing. No. <laughs> I mean, this was just from start to finish an absolute ass kicking. Nick, I I molded over. I did my bowl projections this morning while sure, like my record projections. I still have Syracuse going to a bowl game, which I think is a little weird because there's a legitimate cause for concern with the team. But I mean, I'm also starting to wonder, Nick, if Virginia Tech's actually pretty damn good because they're starting to click. And with how this conference looks, like, there's nobody that I look at on Virginia Tech's schedule that I'm, besides Louisville, really, that I'm like, well, okay, they can't win that one. Not even that they can't, just I don't think they, they are going to win that one. So, I mean, this is, this is nuts. I mean, good for Virginia Tech. I mean, I, I do want to – Nick, my favorite part – my favorite part of our show that we like to do, Nick, is – call out fan bases for not showing up um virginia tech why was this game not sold out the entire upper end zone was empty i ended up going up there nick that's how i was able to text you and send you stuff (laughs) yeah because there was because there was empty up there so i was able to get service where my 50 yard line seats i could not i mean Tickets were sixteen dollars to get into this game. I understand it's a Thursday night, but it's that's a Lane Stadium thing. It's once a year. If you're a Virginia Tech fan, you should know that. And they've sold out those games before. And I get it, Syracuse, whatever. And I will say, I was actually surprised how well Syracuse traveled. Like it wasn't like you know, a couple thousand or anything, but normally, like I'm used to, like okay, it's gonna be a thousand of them. They they pretty they did a pretty pretty good job with their portion of. Syracuse fans that were there, but I mean, they were four or five thousand short of a sellout. And once the students left, Nick, that place was quiet. And again, it was thirty to three at halftime. So I get like when people left at halftime, they didn't want to come back in. I mean, I, I get it, I do. But that was their first non-sellout of the season, Nick. And this is this is the time and the way the team's been playing right now. This is when they should be selling out, right? So I'm just it's not it's not as crazy of a call out as it was to North Carolina last week, obviously. But Virginia Tech fans, as someone that is not a fan of your program, you should enjoy watching this team. Kyron Drones in this offense is fun to watch. This defense flies off. Like this is the way they looked on Thursday was the closest I've seen them look since Bud Foster left. They were active all over the place. Like Garrett Schrader had no time. 
DBU like or not, like not our PBUs, excuse me, pass breakups all the time. Like great coverage, great positioning. Like you could tell that they were throwing Syracuse off. I mean, I mean Virginia Tech is tied for second place in the conference, and I'm not ruling out their trip to Charlotte right now. <laughs> and three weeks ago, I would have laughed in your face if you said, "Yeah, Virginia Tech has a chance to go to Charlotte in November." Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, this was start to finish. I mean, Syracuse better wake up. And also, Nick, I'm going to do one more thing because it's also my favorite thing to do with you. Big Game Boomer is a dumbass. Dino Babers is not on the hot seat. Mm. He put him number one. Does he not read? Does he, does, like, does he not look up things? Syracuse's AD is literally saying he's safe. I was talking to Syracuse fans at the game, and not a single one thinks he should get fired. Like, was was Big Game Boomer sitting next to a Virginia Tech fan that was saying they should fire him? <laughs> not knowing the situation? I mean, they're 4-4, four and four, for God's sakes. <laughs> it's Syracuse. It does. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of want – I almost DM'd Big Game Boomer to be like, dude, who are you talking to and where are you getting that from? Because if you wanted to, if you wanted to put them at number 10, Nick, just purely because of how they're kind of falling apart, fine. But the number one hot seat in all of college football, have you not looked around? He isn't even close. His team's two games away from going bowl eligible. And they're going to be favored in probably at least two more games, maybe even three. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy but anyways that's besides the point like Syracuse has got to obviously figure this out but you look at Syracuse's remaining schedule Nick I really don't think like I think Virginia Tech right now is better than Boston College I think they're better than Pitt I think they're better than Georgia Tech I think they're better than Wake so the remaining four games on their schedule are very very winnable yeah and three of them are at home they're going to get at least two. Like, they're going to go bowling. I actually have them going seven and five. Like, and I watched them in person this weekend. But, I mean, they're home games of Pitt and Wake, Nick, right now. Like, Syracuse is still better than Pitt and Wake at this moment in time. We'll get to Pitt and Wake in a little bit. But those are, in my opinion, they're favored for sure. And then Boston College is the toss-up, and I'm just giving them Boston College because it's not like I'm sold that Boston College is, like, astronomically better than them. And, I really do think the Dome can be a very good home field advantage for Syracuse. So, anyways, I mean – oh, wait. Nick, is tonight the night that they reveal the – or, I mean, not tonight, tomorrow night, right? It's the night that we reveal the 17-team schedule. So, we get to see what our protected rivals are. So, that's going to be fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were, Super they were random side note. But I was just thinking yeah. about that because I was like – I was going to say Boston College-Syracuse is a rivalry that I'm wondering if it will get protected or not, you know, going into it. Right. So yeah. But, I mean, I got, that's all I've got in this game. I mean, I was impressed with Virginia Tech. I'm obviously concerned about Syracuse. But, I mean, Nick, I said this going into the show or last week, and I'll say it again. I thought Virginia Tech was the better team. I thought home field advantage. Like, pregame, there was a home field advantage for Virginia Tech. Absolutely. It was loud. They were causing false starts. They were causing miscommunications. I mean, it was very clear, like, I'm just glad I had such a good read on this game, Nick. That's exactly what, like, it, this game went exactly how I thought it would go. No, yeah, you had the perfect read on this game. Uh, this was really impressive for Virginia Tech. I watched the first half of this game, 
and then uh and then i think i like turned on thursday night football or something because <laughs> i think after the safety happened because i did watch that happen so i saw the safety i was like okay this this is over this this is not good for syracuse at all um so virginia tech i think turned a corner um i think they're for sure gonna go bowling this year the schedule well actually maybe well two more wins they got louisville which will be tough they're at boston college which they're not really you know they, they've struggled up at chestnut hill they have state coming to town which i think they'll be favored in and then they're at virginia which i think should be a win so there's at least two more wins on this schedule at the very least uh, but they have looked better and better and better every week. Uh, ever since the Marshall loss, they have really, really turned it around this season. Um, I think Brent Key's got them where, right where they want them. They're doing a very fantastic – Brent Pry. Or Brent, Brent Pry. Pry. I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I always worry about getting those two mixed up, and that's the first time I actually did it. So thank you. Um, Brent Pry, I think, has – turn this uh, program around a lot within this season. And you can think about it. Like they started off one and three after a loss to Marshall. And then, you know, right after they, right after they beat Pitt, I tweeted out the video of like all those fans, like being at the pit game. And it's like, Holy crap. Like this program needs to get back up on top. Like they need to start getting good again because Virginia tech football is awesome. Like it's just oh, so much yeah. fun to watch. I mean, I, I said, I like, it hurts. It, it pains me, to be honest, and listen to my heart. Lane Stadium is the best place to watch a game in the ACC. Yeah. It is. Like, I, I will die on that hill. Florida State fans, Clemson fans, I don't give a shit. Come after me. The, the mountains, the fall scenery, the tailgates, the, the way the sound is trapped. Enter Sandman. Yes, it is the coolest tradition in the conference. Sorry, Tomahawk Chop. Sorry, the weird running down from a school bus on a hill. Like, it's better. Right. It just I, is. Yeah. Cause, it just like, is. Like, the Tomahawk Chop is cool, I, I will admit. But for just, if you're picking one singular moment, I mean, Enter Sandman is nuts, man. It is so nuts. Yeah. And that yeah. place just traps in noise like nowhere else. It's I mean, it's, it's just special. Like, I, <laughs> I hate how special Blacksburg is. I hate it. <laughs> but it's it, like, I'm not going to lie and be like, oh, yeah, like, it's not that great. No, it's it's special. So, like, I mean, again, I am excited, Nick, that that last game of the season with Virginia and Virginia Tech might not be for, like, a bowl-eligible spot for either teams. I don't think Virginia's going to come up to get a bowl game. But, like, you know, it's going to mean something because both these programs have some positive things to look forward to for the future, and this could be the icing on the cake for that. Right, yeah. So, like, this – like, you go back – a few weeks ago you were saying this is going to be like the worst commonwealth cup ever like it's probably yeah. going to be the top two bottom teams and now virginia has taken some steps and virginia tech you know it's weird i was listening to one of my football podcasts and this guy who was a virginia tech fan asked the most ridiculous question he said what are the chances virginia tech wins today like against syracuse on thursday and like if Virginia Tech keeps winning, how do you see them going towards the ACC championship? And it, it the the host of the show just kind of waved it off, like that's not going to happen. Like you got Duke, you got Carolina, you got Louisville; they're all ahead of Virginia Tech. Even if they win out, it's going to be very very tough. 
But look at Duke now. Look at Carolina now. Like, yeah. now Virginia Tech is, like you said, technically holding the third spot based on winning percentage I mean, in the Nick, ACC. Virginia Tech controls their own destiny. Their only ACC loss is Florida State. Yeah. If they win out, in case you people do not realize, the only other ACC team with only one loss is Louisville. Did you know that Virginia Tech plays Louisville? <laughs> so if they win, they have the tiebreaker on the cards. Yes. Wait, no, next week? Next week. Like as in like this coming week? or Like, like... like as in November 4th. Mm, you sure? I'm looking oh, yeah, at yeah, it right yeah. now. ACC oh, Network, no. 3.30. Nick, I, I am a week behind in my life right now because you're right because Virginia is November 9th and I knew it was the week before. So you're right. You're 100% right. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's literally here. Virginia Tech will be playing a game. And, like, dude, th- when I tell you there's going to be a lot of maroon and orange in that damn game on Saturday, there's going to be a lot of damn maroon and orange in that game. Yeah. So, like, that's why – uh. I'm going to say this. It's going to hurt. I hope Virginia Tech wins. That way Virginia – or excuse me. Really, I can't go wrong. If Virginia Tech wins, that means if Virginia somehow shocks the world at the end of the season, great. But if Louisville wins, then Louisville's going to be in the driver's seat. They've got Miami the week after Virginia. Hmm, I wonder who's just waiting around the corner. I don't know, that feisty Virginia team. <clears throat> so, yeah. But anyways, like, yeah, I mean – it's awesome. Like, good for Virginia Tech. Seriously, again, as a Virginia fan, it, it, I'd rather be them right now, obviously, and switch roles. But, you know, like I've said, I, I will always cheer for, like, the best possible. Like, make, make the, the Commonwealth Cup mean something. Like, I'm glad that a part of me thinks that Virginia Tech could beat Liberty or James Madison. Because a couple weeks ago, I'm like, yeah, those two teams are clearly better than both Virginia and Virginia Tech. And I say, now – it would at least be a ball game if those two teams play, because obviously Virginia already played James Madison to a ball game. So, and Virginia, Virginia Tech obviously you know smashed ODU, which James Madison struggled with ODU this past weekend. So, anyways, we move on to a I guess somewhat rivalry game: Boston College twenty-one, Connecticut fourteen. You hear twenty-one to fourteen, you go, "Wow, that's kind of ugly." And, and Nick, I'm not saying that I kind of called this one too because I didn't like in the sense of like I wasn't spot on with it, but we were both kind of right about whole like Connecticut's going to try this game's going to be close. Like if you look at the box score, uh, Nick, I'm just going to read you the drives, okay? So Connecticut scores first. Okay, it's seven nothing. You want to know how they scored first? Ver- uh, uh, it was the one yard run. No, well, yes, but like what set that up? Oh, uh, did Boston College fumble or something? Yeah, they fumbled at midfield. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, what does Boston College do the immediate drive? They go 10 plays, score a touchdown. Then, UConn gains a total of five yards on the next drive and punts. What does Boston College do the next drive? Goes on the field and scores. What does uh, Connecticut do the next uh, drive? Oh, just a three and out, five yards punt. What does Boston College do the next drive? They take it all the way down to the UConn 31 and failed to convert on fourth down. But they moved the football pretty well. Um, next opportunity for UConn, a technical four and out by turning the ball over on downs. What does BC do as they're driving down into UConn territory as they're in the red zone? Oh, they're picked off in the end zone. And that ends the half. 
Then Boston College goes down the field, again, moving the ball 56 yards and misses a field goal. What does UConn do? Three and out. What does BC do their next drive? Go down the field in 70 yards and score a touchdown. Then UConn scores. No, I'm still Are you here. still there, Nick? Sorry, my, my buddy tried to call. Okay, my buddy tried to call me mid uh, mid pod. So, um, anyways, and then the fourth quarter happens. We got a punt, and then really just a, a drive to end the game. If Boston College doesn't just honestly poop all, themselves. yeah, just poop all over themselves, they shit. Yeah, I lost. Yeah, my buddy keeps calling. I'm telling him I can't talk. That's why I can't stand my friends sometimes. They just think they can call whenever. <laughs> it's like I love you, <laughs> I love you guys, but like text, like always. Hey, can I call you? <laughs> you know, like because I know people have other things going on. Yeah, but anyways, and I guarantee you, he's calling me to ask me what football game he should go to. So it's not going to be important, I'm sure. But um, I mean Boston College, like. Nick, the fact that Boston College, a team that I'm not sure is, like, obviously the most talented football team in this conference, can do everything in their power to lose a football game and still control a football game and win. Like, I know UConn made it a 21-14 to game, but there was not any point in this game where I was like, UConn's going to win this game. And Boston College did everything in their power to make – like, this BC defense played out of their minds. And the offense, again, did a fair – I mean, they left at least – 17 points off the field. Like, or on the field, I guess, technically. So, we're talking about the difference of, instead of 21 to 14, we're talking 38 to 14. And then, I'm blaming you for that disconnection, though. That, that, you can blame me. My cousin tried to FaceTime me. Probably to complain about the Niners. Why are we so popular tonight? I don't know. I don't like it. Wild. Yeah, right? Everybody leave me alone. I I want to be in my own little corner. Yeah, but, dude, I want to talk football, bro. Yeah, right. God. But anyways, I mean, all I have to say was the fact that Boston College could dominate or poop all over themselves and still win a football game in what I would almost deem a dominating fashion because you never felt like UConn had a real chance to even win this game tells you how far they've come. So kudos to BC. You can't play like this next week against Syracuse and expect to win, but you're allowed to – like. What's the rule? Win your stinkers? Well, they won their stinkers, so good job. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, they they really could have manhandled UConn, and if they just clean up the mistakes, they could have a very favorable schedule going down the rest mm-hmm. of the way. They, like, nine wins for this team, I can't believe I'm saying this, is not out of the question because they've got Syracuse, Virginia Tech at home at Pitt, and then they finished off with Miami. So, and you and you've been harping on it. Like I'm expecting something crazy to happen on that last day against Miami. So, uh, it's not out of the question. They've looked a lot better. Um, if they just clean up like their mistakes, they could pull off something really special this season. So, I mean, Halfley has done a really great job after starting one and three. It looked like BC wasn't going to go bowling. It looked like Halfley was going to be on the hot seat. Um, I even brought up that maybe he might not even finish the season the way it was looking. But, you know, they've really cleaned it up. 
Um, and yeah, dude, I, I tweeted this yesterday. We are in a world where Boston College is closer to being bowl eligible and Clemson's closer to not being bowl eligible. Like, yeah. it's insane. Like, like, I mean, technically they're the to, same record, but I mean, yeah, the path looks a lot better, <laughs> right? Because BC, well, well, is, well, is, is well, BC five and four three. Four. Oh yeah, I'm dumb. BC's five and three. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I, in my head, I, I view the Holy Cross game as a loss. I know it wasn't, but like my brain, I know, says I, it's a loss. So I do the why. same thing. I do the same thing. I view that as a loss too. I have to remind myself that. But yeah, it's it's nuts. Like Boston College is quietly like a good not a great team but they're a good team and they win what they need they do what they need to do and if they can clean up what they need to do they will uh they can pull off some more upsets so we'll see but all credit to jeff halfley man we had him fired i brought up how he might not finish the season and now we're talking like you know at least second in voting of coach of the year so it's been very impressive to watch yeah, the coaching of the year candidacy is going to come from one of these five through ten schools, unless Louisville wins the ACC somehow, which doesn't seem very plausible at this point. Because, like, I really do think that, like, no offense to Jeff Brom, but, like, what Brent Key, Brent Pry, Jeff Halfley have done so far this year is more impressive. Um, especially if one of them can catch Louisville. Like, if, you know, if Virginia Tech beats Louisville on Saturday in Louisville, I think Brent Pry should be ahead of Jeff Brown in that in that category for coach of the year. I, so, I would agree a hundred percent because then Virginia Tech would hold the second spot. Um, correct. Uh, They're in the driver's seat, so. and like I, I get the whole oh, they started the season poorly, but part of being coach of the year is is riding a ship, and that is right. riding a ship. I mean, right. we went from thinking Virginia Tech might be the worst Power Five team in college football, so <laughs> like. In a world where this time next week, Nick, we're talking about Virginia Tech playing in Charlotte. <laughs> I mean, gosh dang. So, anyways, that's all I've got, Nick. I'm ready to move on because it's uh, it's time for it's time for a uh, intervention. Are you ready for yeah. the intervention? I, I'm re- I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Get lay it on. For the first time since I've started doing bull projections for fun a couple of years ago, I, Mikey Butel, have had to accept that Wake Forest is bad for me and will not be going bowling. I mean this in the kindest way possible to every Wake fan that listens, to the Wake guy, we, we you know, the, the, the people that we've had on both at baseball, obviously, and then, of course, you factor in football with Taylor. This is awful to watch. They are bad. They are bad. Mm-hmm. They're not like they're not getting two more wins unless they somehow wake up and change. Because Notre Dame's going to kick the living shit out of them. Duke is going to probably beat the shit out of them this weekend because they're going to be pissed. Like they're going to be fired up about what happened. This is this is painstaking, man. It hurts. I don't I don't like this. Like, it's one thing to to lose to Florida State. I'm not expecting a lot from you. This team got absolutely shit kicked. Like, 
Florida State was kind of sleepwalking in the first quarter. I, I really don't think Florida State was playing their best ball. And then they saw uh, Wake make it 10-7. They said, okay, time to roll. And they shit kicked them. And then, the, like, I mean, dude, Florida State stopped trying at halftime. They did. They straight up just stopped trying. And yet somehow Florida State still almost won the second half. <laughs> like this Wake Forest team is bad, man. I know there's some injuries. I get it. I really do. But this is just – this is tough, man. Because it's one thing. Like, I mean, if you really think about it, Nick, and this is this is sad to really to truly think about. Wake Forest has nothing when you look at their schedule that you can really hang your hat about. Clemson was your most com- like you're probably your best loss from a like competitive standpoint. And Clemson looks awful. Vanderbilt's probably your best win and they are the worst team in the SEC by far and it's not even particularly close. Old Dominion, not very good. Elon, not a very good FCS team after all. Pitt, I mean, Pitt is the worst team in this conference, and Pitt might be the worst Power 5 team, especially they're on quit watch now, in my opinion, especially after what Narduzzi said, which we'll have to talk about at some point here soon. Like, Florida State has just showed that they are a legitimate national championship contender because a national championship contender can roll the ball out for a quarter and literally put the dagger in a team and then take their foot off the gas for an entire half and still win by, like, double up, trip, almost triple up a team. Yeah. That's what Florida State did. But, I mean, goodness gracious, man. This was – this was bad. This was so bad. This was not, not fun to watch at all. I mean, it just, like – like, obviously, if you're rooting for Florida State and, you know, you're an ACC guy and you hope that, the like, someone represents the conference in the college football playoff, then it's satisfying to watch. Like, you know, as much as I love Wake and I like the guys on the team and, you know, I've grown up here, yada, yada, it's good to see that, like, you know, I, I don't hate Florida State. I'm just happy that, you know, they turn it around and, you know, they're going to be in the national title conversation throughout the rest of the year. If you had any doubt about Florida State, like, stop doubting because they're for real. And I think this was the test for them because Wake has kind of had their number. Um, Wake fans talked a lot of shit about Jordan Travis. And, you know, we've owned Florida State the last five years. Like, it's going to be different. Don't worry. If you had any doubt about Jordan Travis either. I mean, the dude is a baller. Like, how can you doubt this kid anymore? He is so good. He's just uh, – he's a fantastic game manager. Like – Yeah. Like, like, like what I like about him is, is he's not – like, if you're asking me who do I – like, who do I think the most electric quarterback in the ACC is, he's probably number four on this list. Like, he's not, like – he's not Drake May. He's not Caleb Williams. He's not, um, you know, oh, I'm drawing a blank. J.J. McCarthy. Like, he is going out there – and doing everything to win the football game. He doesn't make a lot of bad mistakes. He throws the ball away when he needs to. He checks down on plays when he needs to. I mean, he is a – he is just a fantastic leader. Yeah. I mean, we, we keep seeing Washington effing around with bad football teams. We've obviously seen Ohio State do that at points this year. 
Like, Florida State has quite literally righted the ship. The only time they didn't was, again, that BC game where Jordan Travis was getting banged up. And even then, like, I genuinely still think to this day that Florida State realized we can't just go to sleep. We can take our foot off the gas, but we truly have to put somebody away. And that's what they did. I mean, they – like, I mean, it it was impressive. You see Wake make a 10-7. In the back of my head, I go, Nick – I almost texted you. I was be like, Nick, you need to get to Winston-Salem now. Like, get, or actually, you're not going to Winston-Salem. You know what I mean. Get over to the stadium now. <laughs> like, this could get interesting because, like you said, Wake has owned them in recent years. It's actually kind of sad to me that the last time I went to a Florida State-Wake game was the last time Florida State beat Wake, and uh, I was only 23. <laughs> so, you know, COVID was uh, two years away still. I mean, dude, just crazy. But, yeah, I mean, like, this was a game where I walked away. Like, this might be my most overreactive game because I walked away from Florida State like, yep, this team has proved everything to me. Like, like you said, this team's, this, this team's legit. Jordan Travis is legit. And then on the flip side with, with Wake, it's – I don't think I, – I genuinely don't think they're going bowling. I don't. And that sucks, man, because, like, if you told me, like, Obviously, like, no cheating. You can't pick Florida State. And, I mean, Clemson would probably been in this category, too. So, that been kind of funny, obviously, seeing where they're at now. But, like, you know, take the top four preseason favorites out of the, of the conference, right? Tell me which team you would put a lock on to go to a bowl game. And that answer would have been Wake Forest, 100%. And here we are <laughs> whiffing big time on this. Yeah, it's so. – it... There's quarterback issues. Mitch didn't look good. They put Sonny back in, uh, I think, in the fourth quarter. Um, O-line still having some issues. Uh, they ran the ball like, okay. They're really missing Donovan Green. I I, I mean, I haven't seen him. Um, it's – I mean, man, dude, this is this. I, I'm officially saying this because, like, obviously you have said that they're not going bowling this year. I will officially say that this year is worse than transitioning from John Wolford to Sam Hartman. Yeah. This is officially worse than that. Yeah, because this is the big – this was just like – this wasn't – like, we had the question of whether it would happen. But, you know, the Clawson the, – like, because that's the problem with this, Nick, in my opinion, is it's not – this really isn't a quarterback problem. Like, yeah, we – we don't have a quarterback that's able to mask a lot of these problems. But this is the worst that Wake Forest has looked as a, as a collective unit. Right. Since yeah. what, year one? Like year two of Clawson's era? Because uh-huh. year one obviously was kind of like a – still had some guys from Grove and, you know, just kind of a weird transition thing. But, I mean, goodness gracious. And, like, what was my – oh, yeah. Nick, if I, if I give Wake Forest Virginia's schedule, they have one win. And they might not even have that one. They probably have the one. That's it. <laughs> like, they would not have – like, this Wake Forest team does not beat Maryland. This Wake Forest team does not beat James Madison. This Wake Forest team does not beat Tennessee. This Wake Forest team does not beat Miami. This Wake Forest team does not beat North Carolina. This, and that's, again, obviously a win for Virginia. Wake Forest would not beat, <laughs> you know, pretty much everybody that, that – I mean, Boston College would be the only game I might say Wake may have went won at that time, but honestly, again, when they met, Wake Forest looked just as bad as BC did. <laughs> like, I mean, this is you take away their like 
their non-con schedule has even proven to be even lighter than we thought it was. Right, yeah. And again, like, Pitt is the worst team in this conference, and you almost lost that game. Like, Pitt has looked lifeless in the last couple weeks. Again, I know they beat Louisville, but again, that's Pitt's do-for-one every year kind of thing. I mean, this is bad, 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 bad. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, Nick. I hope by me saying they're not going bowling, because two game, two wins is still obviously very plausible. But I mean, Duke and Notre Dame feel like for sure losses. Now you're telling me they've got to win at Syracuse, and they've got to win at home against NC State. I mean, if you flip who's home and away, I might say there's at least a, a lock one win there because I think if you're hosting Syracuse, like you have a shot. But Ah, dude, I just whew. like there's a world, Nick, where Wake's four and eight. Yeah. So not good. Yeah, I mean, not good. But and kudos to Florida State. But you ready to move on to a, a happy subject, Nick? Let's do it. Let's move on to a happy subject. NC State, NC State, and still beat Clemson. Wait, so- you guys did ever NC State. Did an NC State, but still beat Clemson. Oh, yes, yes. You did everything in your power to lose this game. All the NC State fans, Nick, you were not one of them, but there were some NC State fans that were acting like this NC State is right, has right, like yeah, they've they've righted righted the ship. They're 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 gonna be, you know, like here comes an eight and four season, nine and three season. I mean, no offense, Nick, y'all kind of sucked. <laughs> Like, you had the explosive big play touchdown. You had the pick six. You had a field goal off of a short field. And then you had a a pretty short field touchdown drive. Yeah, that was after. Off of a turnover. Yeah, there was a turnover. I think Clemson was looking like they were going to score. And then we turned over. We got the ball. And on the first play, uh, we like took it you, hit a, you hit a big one yeah, you yeah hit a, you hit a 50 we had yard two play. really big plays correct yeah like i don't want to take anything away from this win from nc state because at the end of the day this is a win that you all needed to have i mean nick if you don't find a find yourself in a bowl game right now and i might actually join you on dave doran might need to have a nice warm seat because the way the schedule looks there should be at least one more win on the schedule i know it's not the easiest of paths but you got to find one of these. None of these are like, oh my gosh, you can't win them games. Right. But goodness gracious, my man, Clemson is like, Nick, I almost put Virginia above Clemson in my power rankings, but then I told myself it's not fair to just be excited for Virginia and tell myself they're better when one has two and six and one has four and four. Dude, I have Clemson finishing six and six, but there's a part of me that really wants like, this is the thing, Nick. If Notre Dame goes in the Death Valley on Saturday and shit kicks the Tigers, there's a good world where Clemson just straight quits. And if Clemson is quitting, they're probably not finishing the season with at, at two and one. They're probably not, right? With Georgia Tech, North Carolina on the schedule. Still, I know those are home games, but goodness gracious, man. I mean, like Clemson has cost themselves in every loss this season. Mm-hmm. It, 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 they're, they're snake bitten, man. Like, 
I don't know what deal with the devil Dabo made to win some titles, but he's getting his uh, he's getting his retribution right now because <laughs> they are just they're finding ways to lose. Again, kudos to NC State. Shout out to uh, uh, a friend. I don't want to call her a friend, but someone that I interact with a lot on social media, Brooke, who's the director of marketing over there. Um, uh, I, I heard that the uh, kicking distraction worked pretty well. I can't remember what it was now. I'm drawing a blank on. You know, did you hear about that, Nick? No, actually, I didn't. What, what was the kicking distraction? <sighs> I'm trying to remember. That's why you're, you're supposed to be here for this, Nick. Come I on, mean, I, I've been on NC State Twitter a lot these last 24 hours, and I, I have not heard anything about the kicking distraction. All I was trying to do was promote the Dabo video of saying that's another Wolfpack first down. Every time we got a first down, we should play on the big board. But um, I didn't hear about hey, the Nick, your, uh, your service is your service is getting a little brutal, my guy. Just an FYI. Um, uh, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Just was letting you know it was a little uh, little rough for a minute there. Um, okay. Let me see if I can let me see if I can find it now because now it's uh, now it's bothering me a little bit. Let's see. I think they put it up on their video board. Oh, yes. Baby Yoda. It was Baby Yoda. So, not oh, that it actually so worked, but, but you know. That's but funny. Anyways, I mean, Nick, I'm going to say this because it's just fun to piss you off. You win this game, whether it's MJ Morris or Brennan Armstrong. <laughs> like, I, I have – I. To, to settle some NC State fans a little bit that are getting a little excited, is there really anything we've seen since the quarterback change that makes you genuinely think that, like, MJ Morris is the reason this team's propelling to major victories? Because I really don't. <laughs> I mean, MJ Morris has been pretty rough. I mean, your offense has been – like, you've had two big plays – in that game, that's it. That was really all your offense was for most of the game. Kudos to the offensive line, though, Nick. Did you hear? Did you see the stat that this was the first time all season, no penalties on the offensive line? I did. Yeah, they did. So that's huge. That that was the big thing that I took away from this game was overall we played very very clean. Like I noticed yeah. the O line uh, didn't have any penalties. I think overall I don't think we had any penalties. I could be mistaken, but. Yeah, it, it was a down. very clean game. Yeah, I mean, again, at the end of the day, well-played game by NC State from that standpoint. Still don't feel great about them. I mean, they had a lot of three and outs, Nick. Three, four. Oh, they got, they got one first down on one play here. Five, six. We went three for 13 seven. third down. Yeah, Nick, you were um, seven three and outs in this game. Yeah. It's so – but hey, so here's why I kind of hey, took away. But hey, this is a good Clemson defense, and you won. So at the end of the day, I'm not trying to ruin the parade. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to justify why I don't think they're like the greatest team in the whole wide world. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, they didn't do anything that makes me go, "Oh, they're super special now." No, yeah, I 100 percent agree. They didn't really, you know, do like. It, am I excited that we won and we beat Clemson? Yeah, of course. Like Clemson has had our number the last you know dozen years. They they just have and. I'm very happy that we won. Am I excited like I was back in 2021 when we beat them in overtime? No, but it's a great program win and we needed it very, very badly. Um, and I was happy that like coming out of the bye week, you know, I saw some things change a bit. I saw some cleaner things. Now there, there were some obvious things that 
still need to be cleaned up. Um, one of those things, like, obviously we're still dropping passes. What, what, what was getting so frustrating uh, in this game was in the fourth quarter, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, Clemson has scored, uh, which is like, okay, fine. They, they got a touchdown. That's fine. Uh, but we have to capitalize. We have to not lay down and we have to score here. Um, we were not aggressive. Robert and I, I don't know why he does run, run, then pass for short of a first down. And then when we are aggressive, and I love the play calls, we had two, two drop passes within one series of first, one within one series of having the ball. Like, I mean, you can say all you want about MJ, the, the, the two drop passes in no. that series. Yeah. I think if you're a state fan, um, you know what I'm talking about. It was oh, just I know. Un- unbelievable. Like that's that's why I was saying the Brennan and, and MJ thing again. I brought it back up because it's like, again, Brennan Armstrong probably makes those same plays, and we saw it a lot when he was there, obviously too. And they were they were, they were drops. Yeah. So it yeah. was uh, MJ though. I, he he didn't make a lot of mistakes. He looked pretty good. He ran a lot too, which was kind of nice. I like to see him run a little bit more, but. Um, he looked good. Casey, I mean, oh my God, that kid, he is, he's something special. Like he's probably going to win freshman of the year. Like he is insane. And Peyton Wilson, I'm convinced is going first round in the NFL draft this year. Like (laughs) another, he had a pick six, uh, one and a half sacks. I think uh, a couple of tackles for loss. He did get hurt in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think he's okay. He put on a knee brace trying to get back in, but I think we had a good enough lead to where Dave felt safe to keep him <laughs> on the bench and uh, let the defense just figure it out if they need to. Um, overall, though, very happy with the win. Uh, it, it's not a like, oh my gosh, like what you said, you hit the nail on the head. I don't think that this is going to like change our season dramatically. Like we rode the ship. We're going to go – you know, nine and three finish the season undefeated. Do I think that problem? No, I don't. But this was something that we needed really, really badly. And Steve Smith, you can kiss all of our asses. <laughs> that was actually the highlight of the whole game. To me. That was, I could not, I, I was like, what like the your fuck tweet, did you just say your tweet summarizes it so well. Like, yeah, Dave is NC State. Like, hey, Nick. Who said that a couple weeks ago when it was like, why would he ever be on the hot seat? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to dance I on said, you. But I have said that before, but I was just saying if he went back-to-back seasons without going bowling, then there needs to be a change. But, I mean, it looks like we probably will. I think I would be shocked if we didn't go bowling this year at this point after this win. But can, can I give my little things on Clemson, though, for a little bit? I mean, yeah, I know we got to. So I have a lot of games to talk about, Nick. So I mean, that's partially on me because we talked a little too long on some of the like on the Virginia Tech game. But it, it won't. We be have long. been recording it, an hour, so yeah. But yeah. It won't what, be what's long. your thoughts? It's just, it, it's just, man, dude. I I don't know what what has happened. Like I get the Nick. Actually, order. Nick, I know I know exactly what happened. You Tell know me. the fight song. It goes, "Where's the tiger?" Yeah. There's a, they're at the part of the song where it just repeats that right now. They haven't found him yet. I so just. The, they don't have the tiger rag just yet. And they haven't spelled out Clemson. That's what it was. You know, they're missing some letters. <laughs> but I just, I don't, 
I get it. The trans Dabo hasn't worked the transfer portal. He's barely working NIL, yada, yada. But you're still talented. Like to think that Clemson might not go bowling, which I think they will. I mean, South Carolina's trash. They're going to have a tough test against North Carolina, but it's what has happened, dude. The fall from grace has, is just bad. They're two and four. In a not very good like, ACC. I, I, I know exactly. But, Nick, you, you think about it. The defense with Brent Venables, it, it, they've, they've regressed. They're still they a very have. good defense. But they, like, they were the best defense in college football. Now, they're obviously, like, probably, what, top 20, top 25? You know, safely top 25? You've yeah. offensively regressed. And I think part of the thing is, again, like, the talent on offense is not as talented as it used to be. It's just not. And again, like they were able to dominate teams because they were so much more talented. And I think Dabo is just, I think it feels like he's micromanaging too much, man. Like either Garrett Riley was truly just a one hit wonder at TCU or, and what I think is the more plausible option is Dabo since, I don't even know if I could say since Tony left, but since Jeff Scott left has probably had his hands too far into the kitchen. Like he's he's too deep into the kitchen and needs to step out on this offensive side of the ball because Garrett Riley has done nothing that he did at TCU. And a part of me thinks that that's Dabo not letting like not actually giving him an aut- autonomy to do what he wants to do. Right. That's what I think it like it sucks, Nick, because I, I've always defended Dabo. And I want to believe that he is a I mean, I, I do think he's a great human being. He cares about his players, all that good stuff. But a part of me is genuinely concerned that his ego is actually getting in the way right now. Because I used to defend him and be like, oh, no, like, times are going to get tough. But the shit that he said to the fans and then this type of performance on, like, on just back-to-back, like, and, and just the fact that there's enough sample sizes now with three different offensive coordinators that have, like, you know, had their troubles – it makes me think that they obviously you just you figure out what the common denominator is and it's Dabo Sweeney. And it just worries me, man, because his ego, it might actually be a problem. Like saying, oh, we might need to lose some games, get people off the bandwagon. Well, congratulations, Dabo. You did it. People are leaving. <laughs> hope I hope it was worth it. I hope you like. I still think Death Valley will be sold out on Saturday because it's Notre Dame. If they get their shit kicked in that game, Nick, when Georgia Tech comes to town next weekend, that place will be empty. And by empty, I don't mean obviously only 50% full. I mean like empty for Death Valley standards of 80,000 or excuse me, 80% capacity probably. I bet a lot of Georgia Tech fans will be going. That's also a good point. There might be a lot of that too. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, yeah. Stinky. Stinky is a good way to describe it. Speaking of stinky, Duke has a goose egg, a rotten goose egg. Probably the shocker of the week. At Louisville. I mean, Nick, I I told you that Louisville was going to win this game. You did. You did. But for Duke to throw up a goose egg is kind of shocking. I think what was shocking was Duke's inability to run the football matched with the fact that they couldn't stop the run. This this was – Louisville has shown signs of having a, a very good front on both sides of the ball, but it's been kind of hit or miss with it this year. 
And they, they that bye week did them a favor, man. Or excuse me, yeah, that bye week. Excuse me, yeah, the bye week gave them a favor. They looked rested. They looked hungry. I mean, Riley Leonard couldn't do anything. The offense for Louisville, I mean, like Louisville just moved the ball pretty much with ease in the entire first half. Every drive except for the one where they took a knee to end the half went for at least 30 yards. And you might say, oh, well, like, you know, they only scored 17 points in the first half. Yeah, but, like, we're talking about this Duke defense who we were, like, starting to think might be the best in the conference. Right. And I still think has an argument to be the best in this conference because they didn't really lose this game. Louisville just sat back and said, I don't think Duke can score on us. And they, they, they did it. I mean, this Louisville defense has shown signs of being pretty damn good. This was the most complete game we've seen from Louisville all season. They never let up. They never gave any any inkling of like, hey, Duke, here's your shot, man. And I, I credit Mike Elko for being aggressive. He turned it over on downs early in the game. And like that obviously gave a lot of momentum to Louisville. But I, I, again, I love when coaches are just playing for the win at this point. Like you're not just playing to be safe. Right. And hopefully have a shot in the fourth. Like try to take it now. But I mean, Louisville's Louisville's probably going to Charlotte. So I mean, they still obviously can't like, – I, I still don't fully trust them, but I mean, this was this was impressive. And at the end of the day, this was – like Jeff Brom is a great game plan coach. What he scripted on those first two drives, like like he, he had to have scripted the first like 15 to 20 plays on offense, Nick. He probably used the bye week to do it, and they executed those things to perfection. And defensively, they – probably scripted some stunt blitzes and some disguises to make Riley Leonard like again who has been nagging playing with a nagging injury kind of move around try to create something out of nothing and he can't do it right now he just can't I mean Louisville like a new trend for me Nick whoever Louisville plays next year off the bye and every year moving forward that Jeff Brom's the coach I'll probably take a Louisville to cover whatever the spread is (laughs) (laughs) Because this was a master class on how to use your bye week. Yeah. I have to give a special shout out to Jawar Jordan. That yes. kid is something good. special. I think he's the best running back in this conference. He, get, my God, off, it, let's see if you can guess this. How many yards is he averaging per carry? Ooh, per carry. 6.1. I don't know. I'm just going kind of high there. Seven and a half. <laughs> wow. I, I thought yeah. I was going high with 6.1. Yeah. He's got 824 yards this season, 10 touchdowns, seven and a half yards per carry. That's yeah. stupid. Really, really stupid. And they've gone up against very good defenses. Notre Dame, NC State, Duke. They've gone up against really good defenses. And this kid is just having his way. Uh, with it it's very very impressive to watch um i think now barring what happens against virginia tech who is kind of on the upswing right now and solely hurt holds the third spot in the acc in terms of positions louisville will probably be in charlotte i just you know miami has looked iffy throughout this year um virginia tech i get is on an upswing but you know, they and that Kentucky game is not really going to matter in terms of ACC wise, but they might even win that game. Um, it's it's crazy, man. Uh, we we thought that Louisville 
might struggle a bit because we don't know. Like everyone talks about how I was dead wrong on this. Everyone talked about how they got all these transfers. They're going to be something good and the schedule's easy. And I just kept saying to myself, well, you know, we haven't seen like this many transfers go into a program like this since like, I don't know, maybe that Michigan state year in 2021. Um, But sometimes it won't all gel together. You get all these different personalities from different sides of the country from this school and that school. Like you never know if it's actually going to work, but it, it has worked tremendously. And uh, they look like one of the most complete teams in the ACC besides Florida state. Um, and I'm still very petty that state lost to them because if we had won, we would be in the second spot. But other than that, um, man, Louisville, what, what a great story it's been. And they, the schedule is in their favor still. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive, but just kind of disappointing. I thought Duke, I thought Duke would have the big win. Um, you know, obviously Clemson was their big win, but that has kind of fallen off and a lot of things have kind of fallen off for Duke. Uh, you know, they still got a lot of opportunity ahead of them, but this was not what we kind of, at least what I expected for Duke to draw up a goose egg. No, I don't think I expected a goose egg. And I, I mean, I expected a low scoring, but I don't think it was, I didn't expect this dominant for sure. So big, big win for the cards. Um, let's move on. Nick, this is the happiest I've ever been after a loss in a very long time. I was I was happy and then sad for you. I wasn't that upset. Like I think the most frustrating part was when Virginia scored with like two minutes to go to take the lead. I I, I thought there was a chance our defense could have stopped. And they, they, they bent but not broke. Kudos. I mean, Miami's got probably the most consistent kicker in the league right now with Borgallis. So like I mean Here's what I have to say, and people might disagree and say that my Virginia bias is kicking in here. Miami played one of their best games they've played all season. They were aggressive. I mean, they they know how to take a knee, Nick. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they they played a very sound game. They they weren't great, but I mean Virginia was after them. And, like, I was concerned. I mean, I, again, I said Virginia was a cover, and I felt confident about that. But I was concerned, man, that, you know, how's Virginia going to respond? Like, they just took down at North Carolina. Like, you know, it's going to be hard to replicate that. You know, Miami's obviously going to take them seriously, and they did. I mean, Virginia just can't buy a win against Miami right now to save our lives. But, you know, and, uh, again, I'm not going to blame the officials, but they missed a very clear hold on the game-winning touchdown, which still pisses me off because, I mean, when you tackle somebody, that's a hold. But, again, I'm not overly, like, at the end of the day, like, I didn't think Virginia had a shot to go to a bowl game. That kind of obviously sunk the chances there. But that was just – I was happy, man. Like, I mean, Nick, Virginia is favored against Georgia Tech this weekend. Did you see that? Oh, my God. Are you serious? We are a two-point favorite. I think it might be down to one now, but it, we're a two. They opened it, too. That's because Virginia has played very good football. And there's a lot to be said about the – like, I mean, there is a world, Nick, where Virginia could be five and three, six and two right now. 
Yeah. And you know what? One of the podcasts I listened to brought you guys up, brought Virginia up and said, I mean, they could easily be like, I think this was like last week after they beat Carolina, they could easily be like three and three, four and two or something. I mean, it pisses me off because, and I'm not trying to discredit what Kenny Dillingham has done at, at Arizona state, but there are people trying to say that NC or Arizona state is the best two and six team in college football. They're not the best two and six team in college football. Virginia is. I'm sorry, but when you have losses to Oklahoma State and Fresno State by double digits, USC and Cal, like, Cal is worse than Boston College. Colorado is worse than Boston College. Colorado is worse than Maryland. James Madison is, like, better than Fresno State. Tennessee is better or as good as Oklahoma State. And you beat Southern Utah by three. Um, Nick, do you want a little update on Southern Utah? They're in second to last place in the WAC. Mm. They're not very good either. Like, at least William & Mary is like a top fringe top 25 SCS team. Like, cool, you beat Washington State. I say beating North Carolina is more impressive than beating Washington State. Especially when one was on the road, the other was at home. Right. Cool. You had Washington won. Well, Virginia had multiple games won this season. So, great. I mean, again, it it sucks that, like, Nick, if we had one of our easier schedules, if we didn't decide to schedule every god-awful possible game we could have this season out of conference, there's a very good chance that this Virginia team has a a legitimate shot of a bowl game still and probably could get there. But – that's what's impressive to me is Virginia is still fighting, and I don't think it matters if they're in a bowl game contention or not. They're just playing to play the game, and I am loving every second of it. They are so much fun to watch, and, like, I think Miami, like, deserved to win this football game. I think it was, I think it was just I, – I, honestly, Nick, I think this is the best-played game in the ACC this weekend. I really do. Start to finish, most impressive game all weekend from both sides. Like, this was the only game this weekend where I genuinely felt like one team did not play to lose, or at least again, like if you got you blown out, then you just you didn't play to win at the bare minimum. <laughs> I mean, this was a fantastic game, and it unfortunately didn't go the who's way, but I'm not upset. I'm excited. I mean, now if we go on and get shit kicked by Georgia Tech next weekend, my whole attitude might change. But right now, I'm I'm still feeling really good, and I'm really excited. And you know, again, I, I think kudos to Miami. I think my I. Th- I think Miami might be like people are kind of sleeping on them for Charlotte. And I think you shouldn't be sleeping on them because at the end of the day, say what you want about North Carolina and the Georgia tech loss. But like in a real world, they should be seven and one right now with a tough loss at North Carolina. Like, like I don't want to, I don't want to ruin this for you, but I really like their chances of going to Raleigh this weekend and winning. So, I mean, yeah, it was it was a good game, and kudos to to Miami making plays when it mattered. You know, they could run the ball well. Virginia's rushing attack was impressive again as well. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Malik Washington is that guy. I think I genuinely think that minus Keon Coleman from Florida State, Malik Washington is the next best receiver in this conference. I genuinely believe that. I will debate anybody that wants to disagree with me. Malik Washington is a dog. 
So I, I'm 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 overall bummed of a loss, but not for once this season, not upset with the loss. And that's good because I think now Tony Elliott has like I've turned I myself uh, the guy I've been harder on Tony Elliott than I think you have throughout most of the season because I had him fired. Um, I kind of turned a corner on him because you know I think he saved his job and I think he's coaching more aggressive and that's a good sign. Like I think if he goes into next season. And kind of really turns things around. The future's bright for Virginia. So we'll see what happens. But I wish I had watched more of this game, but I was able to catch the end uh, because I saw the score uh, before I left. And I was like, oh, I, I got to like stay, stick around and like watch this. So, um, yeah, my, I wouldn't sleep on the Hurricanes either. They do go to Raleigh, which is going to be a tough task. And I know Raleigh's going to be bumping for this game for sure. Uh it's not like the fan base was lost up in Raleigh, but uh, they're more amped up than ever after the win. So they will be even more when Miami comes to town. Um, kind of questionable. Like Tyler Van Dyke didn't really have the best game. Like two yeah. interceptions, under 200 yards throwing. Uh, wasn't really good. So I guess kudos to Virginia or Miami's defense, just, you know, keeping Virginia where they could, uh, because again, Virginia is not a bad team at all. Uh, they're, you know, they're turning corners, they're making plays. They obviously play with a lot of heart. So I wouldn't sleep too much on this Miami team. Really? Like they're quietly six and two people kind of wrote them off really after the Georgia tech loss. Um, because there was like no hope after that. And I think a lot of people know that when Miami has a stupid loss, they are known to quit on the season. And even after losing to North Carolina, they came back, beat Clemson and they beat a frisky Virginia team. So don't sleep on the Canes. They're still very much alive for the ACC championship. Yeah. Like they haven't done anything that should make you go, Oh wow. Like I'm not saying Miami should be ranked. I'm not saying any of that, but like, they, they played two different types of teams after that North Carolina game. They had the very talented, would win if they didn't have, if they had their shit together in Clemson. And they would lose that game if obviously Clemson had their shit together. And then the opposite. They have a Virginia team that's figuring stuff out, but is fiery, is going to give you everything they have and more. Mm-hmm. And they found ways to win both. Doesn't matter how they did it. I mean, this one was a sleepy crowd in, in Miami. Very, very sleepy crowd. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, the only time I ever heard it really loud was when they were booing, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> but, you know, again, a win's a win, man. Kudos to Miami. And, again, as a Virginia fan, sucked that we didn't win that one. But, again, I'm still excited. I'm still riding high. So, we'll see what next week brings. Let's talk the worst team in the conference, and I'm just going to say this. Pitt sucks. Narduzzi, what you said was probably true, but you just fucked yourself, buddy. Uh, so I missed it. I did not see what he said, so I've been looking forward to this conversation. What did Narduzzi say? He and basically the said – I didn't hear it. He said that he lost guys to the portal, and they thought that they replaced players that were going to – like. they thought they had replaced those players, and clearly they did not. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Now, context. Before that statement, he did say this was on the coaching staff. Like, Nick, you know what it felt like? 
it feels like, you know, when something like, I don't know, Nick, if your parents have ever chewed you out for something, right? And you know that you have to say the correct thing, right? You have to be like, yeah, I messed up, yada, 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 right? Right. But then as you kind of are talking through the whole situation, you have like a moment of, of poor judgment where you say what you truly want to say. Like, yeah, but my brother did this and it's his fault. But then you go, but yeah, it's actually my fault. You know, like then you backtrack back to what you were like the, the correct way of saying this. Like it felt like Narduzzi was speaking the truth and just accidentally said it out loud and didn't continue on the coach speak. Mm-hmm. Like players were quote tweeting at Nick being like, oh, that's what you think? Like, what? <laughs> like, dude, Pitt's not winning another game the rest of the season. Like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. They have, like, I hope Jerkovic's hurt, Nick. And, and, and when I say that, it's my context. I hope that they're not playing him because he's hurt. Because if not, get Valet, Velo, whatever the heck his name is, I'm just going to call him Blows, out of yeah. the game. He is awful. Yeah. He is the worst quarterback in this conference. He's worse than Phil Jerkovic on one fucking leg. I'm sorry, but I, Nick, I'm still angry about when I was at Pitt and everybody was booing Jerkovic off the field when he had a concussion because they're like, he sucks. And it's like, this is what you wanted to replace him with? Or that, or the 30 year old sophomore in Yarnell or Yarnell or whatever it is. There are, dude, this team is offensively, this quarterback room is awful. This offense is struggling, this defense is abysmal. I mean, this is just bad, man. They are not good. Like, how the hell did they beat Louisville? I I genuinely don't know. But this team sucks. They are bad with a capital B, capital A, capital D, and probably seven extra Ds added to the end of it for emphasis. I get that Notre Dame's a good football team, but to lose this badly is something else. I don't want to waste another breath on this team because this team's going to quit. Narduzzi has kind of brought it upon himself, unfortunately. But this team is bad. And, like, again, I feel bad saying a quarterback stinks, man. I do. And I, should, I shouldn't take it out on him. Like, it's not his fault that his fan base booed and it made me mad. But, you know, I was told by all these Pitt fans, oh, he's going to be the difference. Narduzzi's just making the wrong decision. He's being stubborn, sticking with Jerkovic. Or maybe he saw what – you didn't want to accept, which is he stinks. <laughs> so he's not like he's not ready to play be a power five quarterback. He's just not. I'm sorry. So yeah, this is. I mean, I hope I I I mean this in the kindest way possible. I hope Florida State beats them seventy to nothing, so that way Florida State gets this like. Like everyone, because because then you get the AP voters that just look at box scores, going like, "Holy crap, this Florida State team is legit." <laughs> right. And then, and maybe, you know, Narduzzi, and like, in a way, it might just be like, it might be in the best interest of Pitt to just kind of <laughs> see who wants to still be here, because I I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are like, I think I think you actually are allowed to now start entering your name in the portal. Don't be surprised, Nick, in the next week or two if we see some names in the portal from Pitt. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And what's crazy about this is like, you know, obviously Estime, the running back for Notre Dame, who's probably one of the best running backs in the nation, uh, had a tremendous game. But Hartman, 
you know, didn't have a good game. He had two interceptions, didn't throw for a touchdown, um, and still put up 58 points. I mean, I mean, we said Notre Dame was going to smoke them because this is going to be the Sam Hartman revenge game. Exactly. And yeah. we were right about one half of it, and the other half we were not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to get to is that, you know, Hartman I, I thought would, you know, have the revenge game, but, you know, the team – helped him out with that but he most certainly did not help himself but oh pit it, it it is a dumpster fire it is a disaster like i like if you had told me week two that pit would be in a worse situation than virginia i would have said you're crazy and they're like it is melting fast like it is a snowman out in the middle of july Four interceptions for Vallejo, not good at all. Um, I genuinely feel bad for Dravakovic. I know we've heard rumors that he's not a good teammate, that he's kind of stubborn, blah, blah, blah. But, my God, this is not what I expected from this Pitt Panther team. Not what I expected. So, this has been by far the most disappointing team in the ACC by a long shot. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we when we do our postseason awards for what we kind of did early in the season – they are a lock. Like, like this is. I mean, this is just like in a way, Nick. It's gonna be sad, but I'm. It's gonna kind of be must-watch TV at least for a week or two. So I genuinely think that this might just be some of the worst, like, lack of effort you'll ever see. Yeah. Because like, I, the fact that players were quote tweeting and like, that's the thing is I don't think like. I don't, I don't think Narduzzi should or can suspend the guys that do. And some of the guys that were doing the quote tweeting, Nick, are some of their best players. <laughs> I'm not going to say who, because I don't know if they deleted it, if they want their name out there. That's not my not my basis. But guys that were commenting, because, again, like they're quote tweeting all this stuff. and like Because it was crazy, crazy Nick, because obviously like, I didn't watch the postgame presser. I, I saw all these Pitt fans being like, oh, provide the context. And I'm like, okay, like here we go. A beat writer is out here trying to, you know, slander Narduzzi well first off it was a pit beat writer who has been pretty pro Narduzzi in his career but B he did context it with the tweets before it Narduzzi said what he said he could like Nick when, when you're fighting with somebody right like if you and I are fighting and I say Nick it's my fault I'm sorry I did this but you're an asshole but it's my fault which part are you going to remember the most the asshole part and which part are you going to think is probably the most true statement I said? The asshole part. Correct. <laughs> Nick, I don't think you're an asshole, I promise. I, I like you <laughs> a lot. But, like, you get the point, right? Like, there's there's no context needed. He said it. Yeah. Like, honestly, I would have rather him just gone at that point full honesty mode and been like, yeah, our receivers suck. Our, our line is struggling. We don't have a quarterback right now. Or we don't have a quarterback that wants to be a team leader if he wants to, like, if Dracovic is being a bad teammate, whatever it might be, right? I'd rather him just go full public with it at this point. <laughs> For my sake, of course, because it'd be, you know, just more insight. But, yeah, man, this is tough. Tough, tough, tough. But that's all I really want to do. I don't want to spend any more time on it. Yeah, me neither. I think, yep, yeah, not, not, not good. It's not good. Not good. Okay, we move on. Georgia Tech, 46. North Carolina, 42. Did, did, did you see that? Mm-hmm. Did, did, did you see that? Did, did, did you see the, the Georgia Tech running back run by you again? Because I'm pretty sure I just did. 
I think he's still go. Oh shit, he's still going. So you up to eight hundred yards now in the in the fourth quarter, or where's he at? Thousand. Oh, I have dang. a fantastic stat for dang. you, my friend. Like, I mean, I am not gonna. I'm I'm not gonna say a single bad thing about Georgia Tech because at the end of the day, they went out here, did not quit, and and took it to North Carolina when it mattered most. They did. They straight up did. I mean, Nick, when it was 45-32 with 11 to go, I thought it was over. I was like, this is going to just be a back-and-forth thing. We don't have to worry about it. I can call it a night, right? No. Or better yet, when it was 14 nothing North Carolina, I even kind of just said, eh, this is going to be a shit-kicking. Good for North Carolina. They're going to right the ship. I mean, I, I want to hear your stat here in a minute, Nick, but, I mean, goodness gracious. This is – I mean, thank God you got Campbell next week, North Carolina. I mean, if you lose that game, that would be the epitome of funny. But, like, thank God you don't have to play a Division One team, like an FBS team next week. Because right now, I don't know if you could beat anybody if you continue to, like, just lapse like that. I mean, again, there's kudos to Georgia Tech. I'm not trying to take anything away because they did everything they needed to to win this game. I actually feel very bad for Drake May because, like, this did – like, against Virginia, it kind of felt like, ah, oh, man, North Carolina left some points on the table. They really didn't this week. <laughs> this was just like – I mean, that Gene Chizik, buddy. Everyone was giving you a lot of praise a couple weeks ago. You look pretty similar to me from last year and maybe even a little bit worse right now. Mm-hmm. Nick, what's your stat? Georgia Tech. 635 yards were its second most versus a Power 5 opponent in regulation game school history. The second most yards they put up on a Division One school, or a Power 5 opponent, I should say. I mean, that was the – I think I saw – I can't remember what the exact stat was. It was the second or third largest rushing number, yard number, in a single quarter in, like, the last 20 years or something like that. I mean, that's just that's just asinine. Just asinine. It's, I mean, and like Nick, uh, I am so so glad Georgia Tech won this game. So glad that because Virginia's got them next week. And I'm not saying they're gonna come in cocky or anything, but like, oh, I'm just like this was this was this was actually funny. Like, because I just don't I don't know how they did it. I don't know, but I love it. They're the weirdest dudes. Honestly, the weirdest team. Like I, oh, I cannot. Nick, did, Nick, did they're you, the did Cleveland you see the Browns of college football? Did you did you see the uh, the trend that they're current currently riding? What's that? They've won every single even game. Game one against Louisville, loss. Game two against South Carolina State, win. Game three, Ole Miss, loss. Game four, Wake Forest, win. Game five, Bowling Green, loss. Game six, Miami, win. Game seven, Boston College, loss. Game eight, North Carolina, win. Which I I can't figure this out. Do you know what would be really funny, Nick, if that trend went all season? You want to know why? Because then they would be Georgia. Oh, even better than that, my friend. They would be Clemson. And they would lose to Virginia and Syracuse. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Could you imagine (laughs) – Georgia Tech is six and six to end the season with wins over North Carolina, <laughs> Miami. Georgia, Miami, and North Carolina, Miami, or Clemson and Georgia. 
And then the losses are Syracuse, Virginia, Bowling Green, Boston College. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, like, Georgia Tech fans, I I will allow you, and I thought I can stop you, but I will allow you to go bowling if you do that. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that would be so incredible. And that would just be, that would be the chef's kiss, man. Like, I mean, I don't think that's actually plausible. I still think Georgia Tech going to bowl games is very plausible, but, like, I mean, oh my gosh. Like that would be very, very funny. I I'm rooting for that to happen. Like, could you imagine they've got road wins at Clemson, at Miami, and then you know, a home win, which no offense, Georgia Tech, but is almost like a 50-50 split neutral site when you host Georgia. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> good gravy. Oh, that would just be that'd be just that would have to be a movie. It would have to be. Yeah. And that yeah. would really suck because that means Georgia Tech would lose the bowl game, but Oh, well. Maybe they can schedule, like, a scrimmage that doesn't count for a game the week before it. <laughs> it's just but. Uh, un- unbelievable with this team because I one week we're like, okay, yeah, they we thought they were going to go bowling. Now they're not. And the next week they're like, oh, wait, they're, they're, they're like, they have a path to go bowling. Like, they beat yeah. Wade. Oh, wow, like, things are changing. They can go bowling. Look at the schedule. They got bowling green next. They'll have four wins. And then it was the Bowling Green. It's like, oh, my God, they're not going bowling. And then the miracle thing happened in Miami. It's like, oh, they're back. And then it was the Boston College. And then they just beat North Carolina. And now we're sitting here like, yeah, the path is still there. They could go back and be bowling. Like, it's nuts. Like, I can't figure this team out. But, hey, it's a hell of a lot better than last year, in my opinion. They're, I think they're in a better spot that, this year than they were last year. Haynes King. You know, Haynes King is the perfect quarterback for this situation because no one can figure him out because he either has a really good game, which he did today or yesterday with four touchdowns. But when he's bad, he's really, really bad. So it's just it's absolutely nuts. And, you know, we thought that like North Carolina would because of the loss to Virginia would get over the Georgia Tech hump because Georgia Tech has had their number the last three years. And they still can't do it. Like I, North Carolina is what they we thought they were. Like you could say the Virginia game was a fluke, that what whatever. But no, it's the same defense. It's all, it's all the same. It it really is. Gene Chizik is back to reality. The defense is back to reality. Um, my goodness, and just just a little jab, just just a little jab. Uh, Carolina fans wanted Tez Walker back so bad, and he fumbled at a very crucial t- point in the game. So, oh, yikes. Nick, 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 I'm going to save you from us getting canceled. You saw the hit, right? The kid ended okay, up in the hospital. Right, I, I, I'm sorry. Wait, what? Yeah, Tez Walker's in the hospital, dude. Oh. He a, he, like, I'm sorry. No, I saw – I was reading it on the game cast at the bar. I did not know that. Yeah, guy. dude. Okay, I'm, I his, take that back. His, I'm he sorry. may have – I, I don't know if – I haven't looked to see Twitter yet, but they don't know if he's going to play the rest of the year. No, I, I bet not. Holy crap. I, I didn't even know he got hurt. Okay. I'm like, my apologies, yeah, Carolina like, <laughs> fans. I did not know that. I was reading the game cast on my phone at the bar. They didn't have the game on. And I saw Tez Walker fumble. I was like, oh, my God. Like, Georgia Tech's going to win this game. 
my apologies. I did not see the hit. I didn't know he got hurt. I didn't even know he was in the hospital. I'm very I mean, sorry. It was for what it's worth. It was a clean hit. There is nothing like I'm not trying to make you feel like Nick. Oh, you got cheap shot or something. Like, it was a clean hit. It was a beautiful drop the shoulder into the into the chest slash rib area of a receiver. But like, yeah, he got his like. It would I mean like I was I was listening to this game live, Nick. I listened to the North Carolina broadcast of it while driving back, and I mean it was like first down, Tez Walker. Oh, the ball like. And, like, you could tell, like, you know, normally when a team fumbles the ball, right, you get pissed. Like, the broadcaster shows some, like, angry emotion. He meant, he went immediately to, oh, my gosh, he just got rocked. Right. I mean, it was a pop. If I find the actual video, I'll send it to you, Nick. But, like, yeah, so I just wanted to save you because, Nick, like, it was not like, oh, he's just walking and someone punched the ball out. No, like, he got rocked. Hmm. I mean, Damn. like, like what, hospital. Do we know type. what the injury is? Is it like something that, like, it's, it, it's they're saying it, they're saying it's ribs. I mean, it, it wasn't high or anything. I mean, he's he got released from the hospital today and he's coming home, but like, it was definitely something with his rib, ribs, the side area. I mean, he got popped. It was, it was, it was honestly one of those amazing football plays by the DB. Yeah. Like, okay. He came back and made a play. Like, I'm like, I am not at all looking at Tez Walker like why did you not hold on to that football because Nick I can tell you right now I would not have held on to that football and probably would be dead right now you'd be talking about you'd be talking to a ghost <laughs> right I mean he got popped so this to it. save you but yes I mean he, he, he's still the only receiver North Carolina has to also to, like bite back at you like even if he just got the ball punched out they aren't even in this game if Tez Walker's not on the field so I know because he he does make a world. I mean, God, his second game back, and they're doubling him, and he's still making some plays. Like he he's kind of opening up Amari and Hampton and other guys to kind of get moving. Like, I mean, yeah, this was again. This is why, like, I've been the first to kind of criticize Georgia Tech. Like, oh, you didn't deserve to beat Miami. You didn't this, this, and that. Like, at the end of the day, North Carolina (laughs) shot themselves in the foot defensively to win this game, but Georgia Tech went out there and took it. They did. They they won this game absolutely. Like this was, this is the most impressed I've actually been with Georgia Tech, including that Wake game, where again I, when I thought Wake was actually special. Like this was, this was a Georgia Tech game that they needed, and I was impressed. But mm-hmm. I mean that's all I've got, Nick. Anything else you want to add? I uh, again, my apologies. Did not see the play. Did not know that happened. So you're breaking it to me. So. My, I am very sorry, T- uh, Tar Heel fans. That's my fault. Um, but yeah, like what we kind of ransacked Carolina a bit last week. Like it's the same old, but now it's like kind of written in stone. Like what does Carolina do from here? Like there's still obviously ACC championship games still on the table. Anything can happen, but it's is it going to be the same like eight and four nine and three team that got a lot of hype that you know might disappoint in the end of the season like we've seen the last two years like what 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 do they have to do to prevent this from happening again like maybe they go ten and two there's a shot that they make the ACC championship game that's a pretty good season ten and two that I mean that's not wild outside of expectations that's kind of what we all thought could happen but. What do they need to do to keep that narrative going that they can do that? <laughs> I think the narrative's gone. I mean, this is like, yeah. there's no recovering from this, if I'm being honest. I, I'll tell you back. Here's their recovery, Nick. They finish 11 and 2. They win the ACC. 
Seriously. I mean, like, I, I mean that in the kindest way possible because if even if they go 10 and three, right, you're going to look around and say, this team, like the narrative about North Carolina has never been that when they play their best, they're not good enough because that's never been the narrative. The narrative has been this team, similar to USC and Texas and Oklahoma and things of that nature, right? Like they get the, well, they get, they get in their own way, right? Right. Well, they did that. Like both Virginia and Georgia Tech went out there and took it from North Carolina. But if North Carolina plays their best game in either of those two games, I'm sorry. But I'm a Virginia fan. So Georgia Tech fans can't be like, oh, he's coming after us again. I say the same thing about Virginia. <laughs> if North Carolina plays to their level, their peak level, their 98% fatile, so even if it's not 100% their best game, they beat Virginia. They beat Georgia Tech. How do so. you feel – how do you feel about obviously Campbell should be a win, but the schedule? I have I mean, them. I have them finish. Daunting. I have them finishing the season eight and four. Yeah, because I, I think like and again, I'm I'm putting some stock in that I think Clemson's not going to bottom out and miss a bowl game, and that's a very obviously that's one of one of the more winnable games for Clemson remaining. You know, and one probably their, it's definitely Clemson's big. Well, South Carolina may be the biggest game for in-state rivalry purposes but i mean yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy to me man but yeah i mean yeah it's it's again obviously they're going bowling they're bowl eligible but they could bottom out man and go seven and five they could yeah geez like I don't know what you do if that happens going going on to the off season. You got a lot of questions, and you don't we 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 really don't know what the future would look like for Carolina moving forward, like in terms of personnel uh, on the field. So, be interesting. Yeah. But Nick, that's all I've got. I'm excited to preview the games Tuesday. Um, I'm guessing it'll probably be the day we'll have to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm excited to preview it. Uh, we've got another – again, we got a Thursday night game this week with Duke and Wake. Um, we've got only a few weeks left, man. Only a few weeks left. So, got to enjoy it while we can. I wish uh, I wish Virginia was playing a little bit more meaningful football, but I'm overall not complaining too much. Um, but, yeah, Nick, I mean, that's, that's all I've got. Anything else you want to add before uh, – before we call it tonight? Um, not too much. I just can't believe, you know, we're down in the last month of the season. Again, it always goes by so fast, but basketball's around the corner. So I'm I'm excited to see what my pack will look like. This is I think the most hype uh a Kevin Keats team has been. So I'm excited for that. Well, yeah. Soon. Well, Nick, Nick, because you're a basketball school. Uh I was getting into that. <laughs> um <laughs> Also, um, was able to catch a little bit of, you know, highlights of Wake Baseball playing at Vanderbilt for their scrimmages. So yeah, who won? I didn't cool. actually, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. Do we, do we know who won? Or like at least a report on how that went for, for both. I mean, obviously we need to know Wake side for the podcast, but I am curious to how Vandy looked too. Do you have any, any insider information? Real quick, a quick two minute around the diamond segment with Nick Dioli. Uh, Nick Kurtz went off for another bomb. Uh, Cole Roland pitched very, very well, I think. And is, is Cole going to be a starter this year, Nick? Cole, I think, is going to be a starter this year. 
Heck yes. I, I think the three-headed monster this year is going to be uh, Josh Hartle, Michael Massey, and Cole Rowland. Whoa. You forgot somebody pretty important who transferred to literally be a starting pitcher. I am sorry. Let, let me not forget Case <laughs> Burns. So I think it's going to be Josh Hartle, Josh Hartle, Cole Rowland, and Michael Massey. And then I think we will – no. Who am I you just Chase – I didn't say it again. Oh, my God. Josh Hartle, Chase Burns, and Michael Massey, I think, will be the starters. And I think Cole will be a, you know, Seth Keener type. Yeah, I say Cole um, will be Keener. He'll be the Cole guy that Keener. gets you the long reliefs if you need them. Yeah. The, the big, like, if you have, like, again, that Coastal Carolina midweek or something like that where you kind of want to trot out a more seasoned pitcher. Um, yeah. He'll be your – he'll be the guy that if Wake makes another run to Omaha – could be the, like the difference you know what i mean so yeah no uh that's exciting stuff you know i it's it's always great man it was fun because uh army had some baseball activities going on yesterday so i caught caught a little bit or yeah yesterday caught a little bit of their stuff and like obviously they were an ncaa tournament team that i saw in charlottesville's regional you know and it's like ah baseball Love yeah it. i know so, so. Yeah, that was exciting. I don't know what the score was because uh, Wake never posted it. So, but exciting stuff. Uh, there's been fall baseball going on all around. You know, I skate was playing Duke and played somebody else uh, last week. So, exciting stuff. But um, no, that's about it for me. And Steve Smith, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> you can kiss my ass, petition. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean. Another good week of ACC football. Um, very excited to see what the the next week brings. I, <laughs> Nick, we'll have to discuss off the uh, off the pod. This might be terrible, but um, I don't know how much I want to do basketball on the pod this year. So we no, may I have to. Much. We may have to uh, have a conversation. Maybe maybe leave it up to the listeners, Nick, because if they want us to talk fall, we will. But I almost want to replace my. Uh, <laughs> My portion with someone else that can talk ball with you, Nick, because I'm just going to be honest. I, I won't check into basketball until January, and we'll check out in February. <laughs> yeah. Until March Madness. So, um, I'll leave it at that. But like, I'm I I am dreading tomorrow, Nick. Like, I'm kind of wishing I could just uh, like in a perfect world, I would sleep until noon tomorrow with our, our game being at seven and just pretend like you know everything's fine. But I have to I have to learn a whole system of a video board and then run it by myself while also like I'm going to be the DJ, the quarterback of the script, which obviously Nick, if you don't know, that's the guy that's telling everyone, like, hey, this commercial, this video, this, that, this, that, PA, this, music this, team come out this, you know, lights this, like, you know, what the, my job normally is at, at at most institutions. And I gotta run the video board. Right. <laughs> it's like this is and Again, we treat our exhibition game like a regular game from a sponsorship standpoint. So we've got every on-court prom- – like, we have seven on-court promotions. It's like, I just want to blow my brains out. <laughs> so, anyways, pray for me, Nick, because it's already hard working a sport you don't really enjoy that much. It's even harder when you're AD. That's the only sport he – not the only sport. That's not a fair statement. It is by far his favorite sport. <laughs> and then on the flip side – also, our fan base's favorite sport. And we have nobody working in our athletic department right now. So, pray for us. Um, 
we uh, hopefully we'll kick off the Brooks Savage era well since, you know, our Wake Forest listeners, I know, kind of seem we have a lot of Wake Forest fans engaged with ETSU, Nick. So and uh, they'll be excited to hear what's coming down the pipeline with Wake Forest and ETSU basketball intent, wink, wink, um, for maybe scheduling in the future. But anyways, that's all I've got. Nick, thank you for your time as always. Uh, tell the 49ers to wake up. Actually, no. They can just fall asleep until after Christmas for all I care at this point. Screw you guys. But um, as always, it means just a little bit less here in ACC country. Oh, pause, Nick. Quick, quick, quick shout out. Um, SMU is a powerhouse. So welcome to the ACC powerhouse SMU. The first team in college football history to score exactly 69 points twice in the same season. So shout out to the SMU Mustangs for that. Cal going for two against USC, almost beat them in the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. So, you know, that's a very go ACC moment if I've ever seen one. And Stanford messed around with Washington too. So solid, uh, solid brand representation from the ACC this weekend from a, they're going to fit just, just in. I mean, Nick, did you see the protest with Cal on the field? Yeah, I wish Marshawn Lynch got on his golf cart and ran him all over. Well, did you hear what that was about, though? No, but what was it? Quickly, it was just a, it was about a teacher that supposedly was stalking another professor or something, and so the there, people were protesting to defend the professor that was accused of the stalking. So, like, it's just the most like random thing of all time. It sounds so, like the most Cal thing of all time. It does. I mean, the band was on the field for God's sakes. But, yeah, good point, good point. But anyways, as always, it means just a little bit less here in ACC country. This dog is trying to tell you the same thing, and go ACC.